0: hey y'all thank you guys so 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 much for tuning in to today's episode of the worlds of country podcast i'm your host andrew on today's episode i'm joined once again by lauren weindrop to talk all about her musical journey her new single people like me and her upcoming opry debut i really enjoyed this conversation and i hope you guys do too talk to you guys on the other side ready let's do this thing hey lauren how are you I'm so good, how are you? I'm doing good, what have you been up to lately? You know, just writing uh, dramatic
1: songs and going on the road, it's been
0: really fun lately. I know we've had this conversation before, but for the people that didn't hear our first interview, could you um, refresh us on sort of where your musical journey started and what made you want to get into music? Yeah, of course.
1: Um, I'm from Boston. I am a triplet, so there's three of us, which is crazy. Um, and I, used, I like, used to do theater. So I tried every sport, my brothers did, and I, I really had no hand-eye coordination, so that didn't work. And then I got into theater, um, and that was kind of like my introduction to music. And I did that for a really long time, and loved it. Um, it was like a little firecracker, and then when I got to be around 14 or 15, I just realized, like, I wrote my first song and I realized I still wanted to be on stage. I loved being on stage, but I wanted to tell my story um, instead of somebody else's. So I moved to Nashville and started writing songs here. And I've, I've been in Nashville for, oh my gosh, like almost six years now, which is crazy.
0: Does it feel more like it was yesterday or it feels like you've been there forever?
1: Um, Because of how much I've changed as a person, I can like tell that time has gone by, but it has, it has gone by very fast.
0: <laughs> so what made, what made Nashville the place for you in your mind?
1: Well, I was 17 and, like, trying to figure out if I wanted to go to college and where I wanted to go. And Since I was from Boston, like, the idea of staying there and going to Berkeley wasn't, like, very exciting just because I'd grown up in that city and I kind of wanted to experience something new. Um, so I found Belmont, and... I was like, "Oh, I have to go here. This is like the perfect excuse for me to move to Music City." Um, So I I went to Belmont for a couple of years, and it was amazing. My time at Belmont was really incredible, and uh, I'm so glad that like that's what I chose. That's the path I chose.
0: So um, you mentioned uh, that you've changed a lot over your time in Nashville. What would you say have been? some of the bigger lessons you've learned over that time, and more specifically, since your career has really started to, to take off? What a good question.
1: Um, I mean, overall, just as a person, I think a big lesson I've learned is like, you are who you surround yourself with. Um, and so, over those six years, I feel like I'm at a place where I've just been really lucky to find like, I have the best friends in the world, honestly. Like every day I'm just like, how, what did I do to deserve you? Um, but like career wise, I don't know. I think when I first moved here, I was a little scared of myself and like scared of my dreams and scared of how big they were. And so I would kind of dumb them down and be like, oh yeah, I just want to sell out a theater one day. Like that's my biggest dream. And when I kind of sat down with myself and like, I was like, what do you really want, Lauren? Um, I realized that my dreams were a lot bigger than I was, I was letting, myself dream
0: so I think a big lesson has been like dream very large. because the worst that happens is you you shoot for the moon and you land so I don't know
1: I think just let yourself have some delusional dreams <laughs> sometimes it's good to be delusional and
0: naive and not and, and not be self-limiting on the other hand because oh I
1: think you have to be yeah. a little delusional to do we all yeah. do kind of, it's,
0: it's part of the job it is it is no one, no one would, no one would do it if they knew, if they knew what went into it at the end of the day. <laughs> oh, there's
1: no way.
0: Uh-huh. So you mentioned the, the people you surround yourself with. How long did it sort of take you to find that group of people that you feel that you really gel with and that you could really trust? I mean, I think I'm on year five or six in
1: Nashville and I finally feel like I've gotten there. So, it, you know, it took a minute. Um. There were some from day one, and there are some who I met just last year, but I'm just at a place where, like, I've never had friends like I have right now, and they're so supportive in ways that, like, I just never knew new friends could be, um, so I just feel really lucky to, to be surrounded by not only my friends, but I have, like, a great team of people who are helping me with my music and my career, and um, I just feel very blessed.
0: So we we were talking about lessons a little bit before. Could you, on the flip side of that, what would you say have been some of the the bigger challenges you've faced since you've been in Nashville? I'm such like a, I want to do everything
1: all the time and say yes to everything. But I would say I think my biggest challenge has been learning balance and, like, If you go, go, go all day from like 8 a.m. to midnight, like maybe the next day you should like take a second to like process or ground yourself or like go to a yoga class. And I'm very much the type who like wants to um, embrace every opportunity because you just never know. So it's been a big lesson for me to be like, you don't have to be the Energizer Bunny every single day of the week. Um, you You need to take a second to breathe, otherwise you're just gonna burn out. So I've had to learn balance for sure. Um, I think that's been like one of the biggest challenges, yeah. just because
0: I get so excited. <laughs> There's definitely something about slowing down, especially in like a creative field like music, where if you don't slow down, you sort of you lose what you're what you're going for at the end of the day.
1: Totally. Like I, I say all the time, like I do a lot better when I write three or four songs a week compared to, like, ten. Like, I like I do better when I can really focus in on a on few and put my all into what I want to say and what I want to say to the world, you
0: know? Yeah, because I feel like it probably feels like when you're writing less that you're there because you want to as opposed to because you have to and you have this goal in mind that you have to write this many songs this week or yada, yada. Definitely. I'm
1: definitely at my best when I'm, you know, not tired, not burnt out. Yeah. And um, it's just such a privilege to do what we get to do so anytime I get burnt out I just need to like go to
0: a yoga class
1: and make myself dinner and go to bed early and I'm usually fine the next day
0: <laughs> So for the for the people out there who maybe haven't heard you before how would you describe your your musical style for them?
1: <laughs> well I grew up listening to like everything um, but my biggest heroes growing up were like Katy Perry Pink, Taylor Swift and Laurie McKenna um and like Alanis Morissette so
0: I feel like I'm kind of a montage of all those things but there's a lot of anger and a lot of sadness in that
1: a lot of drama yeah I would say it's country it's pop there's a little bit of rock in there I don't like to be put in a box I tell people my genre is nonfiction because that's the only the only constant throughout all of it is that I'm telling the truth and um you know I think um the right people will find will find you when when you're being vulnerable.
0: So, yeah, that's sort of like the thing that I've always admired about you is that you've never really tried to to fit in somewhere. You just always had this idea that you were gonna stand out one way or another.
1: Thank you. That, that means a lot. Yeah. You know, I think like there's days where I'm like, wow, maybe it would be easier if I did fit in the box and I was still black and white. But I know that if I did do
0: that, I, it wouldn't
1: be authentic, and I, it wouldn't feel right, so. Yeah. so I just, I try to stay
0: true. <laughs> Did, was that sort of confidence to stand out, was that something that came naturally to you, or was that something that you had to develop over time?
1: Oh, I think we're, I mean, I think we're all always... To be more confident in developing that, but I think being in theater as a kid like really <laughs> helped me come out of my shell.
0: Threw and I had you no in the fire. What <laughs> do you say? It threw you in the fire.
1: Threw me in the fire, literally. And I mean, even down to like when I would go on Broadway auditions and stuff. Like sometimes you walk into the room and they just look at you, and you don't even open your mouth, and you're not the right look for the part. And so you just have to understand that you know not everybody's going to like you. You know yeah. what, you said what's been my biggest lesson while living here, that that's been my biggest lesson. But if not everybody likes you, you're probably doing something right. Oh, so yeah. Um, yeah. You know. And
0: yeah. Well, but I think I think it fluctuates day to day. Like yeah. I think we have days where we
1: wake up and we like ourselves and we have days where we wake up and we love ourselves and days where we wake up and we really don't like ourselves. So I think yeah. you just have to wake up every day and you like, Where is my self belief at today? And how can I what can I do with that? You know. Yeah.
0: yeah. It's very important to, to stay stay within yourself. And, For sure. Yeah. So you mentioned about people liking you. So I think that's a perfect segue into your your new single, "People Like Me." Could you tell us the story behind that song and how it came together?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I wrote that song with Derek Sutherland and Sam Ellis, who are incredible. They wrote um, "More Hearts Than Mine" with Ingrid Andress. Um And I just remember being at a point where I was in college, and I was just, like, trying to fit in, which was a very high school thing for me, and so I was upset that college me was still doing that, and I kind of had to, like, step out of my body and be like, why am I doing this? Do I actually care about these people I'm trying to impress? And I, I even think since I wrote it a couple years ago, it's become even more true in my life. Like. I just, I know that not everybody's going to vibe with me, and that's okay, and I would rather be happy with me and what I believe in and what I stand for than being a chronic people pleaser, which I think a lot
0: of us are. I feel like a lot of people, when we're young, we sort of have this, this idea that we have to sacrifice identity in order to, to find belonging, when in reality, if you embrace who you truly are, those people that, that vibe with you will find you one way or another.
1: Absolutely, and I will say in my life, like finding those great friends I was talking about before, none of those people came into my life until I stopped giving a frick what other people. You can
0: say whatever you want on your
1: Okay, I didn't know. I never know. <laughs> um, but I don't know. Like I think that's so true, and I think a lot of people think that being vulnerable is like a weakness, but it's actually yeah. a, a power, and that's like the big thing that I want to prove with my music and. I think that is how you connect with people and how you find your people, is by being, like, the loudest version of yourself. Yeah.
0: So you also yeah. have your um, your Opry debut coming up in a, in a couple weeks from now. What was it like when you when you got the news about that?
1: Um, I was, like, drinking some orange juice, and it was 9 in the morning, and <laughs> my manager, Matthew, he was like, so how is um, March 31st? And I was like, for what? And he was like, your Opry debut. And I spit out my freaking orange juice. And I was like, excuse me? Like, what? Um, I don't know. It's just like, I moved here six years ago, and I never thought it would be happening this soon. So I'm just really grateful and honored. And the history of the Opry is incredible. And the fact that I get to play there is still blowing my mind.
0: Was that one of those moments that almost didn't feel real to you? Or... Did
1: you... Yeah, it felt very surreal. Like, I think a lot of us, all of us have imposter syndrome, like, to a degree. And so that was one of the moments where it's like, bro, you're actually doing this. Like, this is fake. (laughs) The people at
0: the Opry want you to come play there. Like, you are doing something right, dog. Like, it's all good. (laughs) (laughs) What are the odds of you passing out on stage, though? That's the real question.
1: I will not pass out. I might cry. I'm trying to train myself not to cry. But, um... (laughs) Stay tuned on that.
0: I don't think I will be successful. <laughs> you got to let yourself feel everything.
1: <laughs> yeah, I might just let it go.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you, we were talking a little about, about your musical style, couple minutes ago. if you had to pick one song that you've released that sort of is the, the, the song that describes you, which one would it be?
1: I'm always going to say my latest release because that's the one I'm most excited about. So right now, it's people like me. Um, but I also think this is the first time I feel like I'm stepping into my purpose as an artist and is what I really, really want to say to the world. And that's what all my heroes did growing up. So I'm just really proud of this one and uh, the music video and everything. So
0: yeah. So what was the, the process of finding your purpose as an artist and then the confidence to share that with the world?
1: Dude, that was, like, deep dive in COVID time. Um, I, like, started therapy for the first time, and I have this incredible therapist, and, um, you know, she's like, what do you care about? You know, like, at the end of the day, like, you can write songs and you can per- perform them, but, like, the greatest artist in the world, like, it's all for a bigger purpose, and I think we all have it, but you really, like, you really have to work to articulate it. Um, and so I spent a lot of time just thinking about, like, what I care about and who I want to be and what I want to stand for and I think once I nailed that down like everything started clicking into place because everything I do now is dictated by you know that that purpose and wanting to be vulnerable
0: and showing people that that's the way you know? Yeah. So what's next for you?
1: Oh my gosh. Um, well we've been going on the road more <laughs> which I love. Being on the road is like My happy place, I think especially because I grew up performing. So my first headlining tour,
0: that's what's next. So I want to do a little rapid fire with you before I let you go, if that's cool with you. Yeah. Let's let's do this thing. Pancakes or waffles? Waffles. Good Good answer. If you could only perform or only write songs the rest of your life, which one would you be? If you had to give one up.
1: Whoa. That's
0: the one that's the atom bomb I drop on everyone
1: <laughs> I think I'm gonna have to say perform because there are so many incredible songwriters who I, I couldn't trust to tell my story um, and because I would just if I couldn't perform there would be like a hole
0: in my heart so I think that yeah I think we have talked about that before actually um, yeah if you could um, dream collaborator dead or alive Oh my god. Uh, pink. Biggest impulse buy you ever made?
1: Impulse buy? <laughs> Probably like clothes or shoes.
0: Yeah. This is something you use. <laughs> yeah,
1: right?
0: Yeah. Um, dream venue to play? Ooh, Red Rocks. Red
1: Rocks.
0: That's, I think that's the most popular answer I get. If you could only eat one thing the rest of your life, what would it be? Sushi! Good answer. If um, you, Would you rather have 20 fingers or 20 toes? <laughs>
1: 20 fingers, I'd be the best guitar
0: player in the world. <laughs> You'd have to figure out where, where to put them. but <laughs> You could play two guitars you know, at once. It would be, be quite a situation. <laughs> <laughs> I think
1: that's all I got
0: for you. So thank you so much again for for taking the time for
1: this. Thank you so
0: much, Andrew. Of course. Of course. Anytime, Lord. Have a good one. Hell yeah. Thank you. Hey, y'all. Thank you guys so, so, so much again for tuning in. If you liked what you heard, be sure to go hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening and go check us out on social media at Worlds of Country on all platforms. If you liked what you heard from Lauren, be sure to go check out her music wherever you listen to music and go check out her social media as well. Hope you guys liked this episode. Talk to you guys next time.